Hey, we're in the studio. This is the Film Photography Podcast, FPP 95. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> January 15th, 2013. We're in the FPP studio. To my left is Matt Marash. Hey, how's it going, guys? And to Matt's left is Leslie Lorenby. <laughs> <laughs> Some guys started calling me Les- <laughs> Leslie Lens Baby, and I thought, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and to Matt's left is Leslie Lazenby. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Also known as... (laughs) Leslie Lenz, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have some immediate stuff to talk about. Uh, The the most uh, pressing subject to talk about, of course, is... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, who sent dun. the Japanese Kit Kats? <laughs> who did? Who done it? Uh, Who's responsible? Last episode. Last episode. You may remember that we gave credit to Tony Kwong. So, hey, Tony, thanks for the wasabi Kit Kats direct from Japan. So, Tony sent a note, and he even posted in our show notes. He's like, hey, man, thanks for the, you know, thanks for the shout out, but. You know, not from me. And what I discovered, uh, as I was going through donation boxes, there was the the shipping box this belonged to. You've had these before, Matt? I have. You've had other flavors? Yes. They make uh, one Kit Kat flavor for every prefecture in Japan. So it's kind of like if we had every state here in the, in the U.S. had like a different flavor. Why the heck don't we have some kind of Kit Kat love like this in the U.S.? I don't know. You know, honestly, a lot of these small can- uh, candy companies and confectionaries, they have like awesome little programs all over the world. Like there's different kinds of Oreos and stuff in China and Japan. And we just got, you know, we get the plain Jane ones. Why China. is it our candies are plain pipe rack? Off the rack. Yeah. Uh, off the rack. So mm-hmm. I, I matched the note with the Kit Kats, and they are a sight. You can see a, a, an image of these on our show notes of the because it really is pretty, isn't it? Oh, yeah, isn't that beautiful. The presentation is awesome. So you want to know why it's like that? Mike? Yes, please. Japanese custom is to whenever you're going over to a friend's house for any kind of gathering whatsoever, have to bring a gift. I mean, it's not like they won't let you in, but they'll you know, ooh, who's that guy? I did bring a gift. So you always have to bring a gift. There are little shops where you can pick up small bottles of sake and just kind of neat things that are, it's kind of like our tourist traps here, but on every stop on the highway, there's somewhere where you can pick up gifts for so folks when you go somewhere. Expanded on like we do if we go to a party, we take a hostess gift. Yes. Or, they take it for everything. What type yeah. of shop? Going to go hang and It's like a it's like a no, not like a novelty shop, but kind of think of it like our rest area because stop. Really? That elaborate. Yeah. Because we take if we do you have wine shops in Ohio? Yes. Oh yeah. You go to a wine shop get a little basket. We have like wine shops where you can get like cheeses. Nothing uh, as beautiful as this. I'm sure in this maybe New York City can you get this? I've looked uh, around and you can get some of the flavors, but you can't get them all like some of them you just have to go to japan now there are good ones bad ones and god-awful ones oh i'm I'm pleased to announce the wasabi is not the worst one i i personally i think the the soy sauce is the worst one just uh not too good but they also have like a like a strawberry cheesecake i believe oh good they're nice yeah well there are two missing that's from the last show when mark and john fideli were here uh, they either will be joining us later. If not, they will be on the next show. People listening may be saying, well, what the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, isn't film. this isn't about film or cameras. This is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot film. And we love to shoot film. This is year, f- year five at the FPP, and I'm still loving sh- shooting film, which is, I guess, kind of amazing. You know how you like to lose interest in stuff? Oh, yeah. But for me... And you guys let me know how you feel. I've lost interest in certain cameras, and I put them away for like a few years. 
years and then I'll come back to them. But I haven't lost interest in film photography. Have you guys had any, pe- oh, you know, peaks oh, yeah. in, in, what do you call that? Peaks in what? Little pits and valleys. Wax yeah. and wane. Wax and wane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, you know. I had a 10 year. <laughs> a slump? They call it also a slump? Uh, I called it a coma. Aside from that, it's been since I was 10 years old and on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's certain processes or cameras or looks that you kind of come and go. As Professor Jeff used to tell me, like, there'll be days where you're you're printing dark, be days where you're printing light, right. and then back to printing dark. So it's just one, that's, I think what's really cool about film is it's not the most consistent thing in the world, just for, you know, there's, there's a little variance, and there's a billion different cameras out there. There's still a whole bunch of film stocks, many of which I haven't tried yet. Right. I gotta, I gotta get to the FPP store and load up. Right. And, yeah, there's, there's always something new going on in film. For, and for something that's its age, you can't say that about many things. No. And if something's not new, like new to the market, there's something that is old that you don't know about. Yeah. What's old is it's, new. Yeah. It's self-inspiring. Yeah. And luckily, I mean, we have yet to see what type of stability digital cameras have. I mean, for example, if you pick up a digital camera from like the year 2000, mm, there's a good chance it won't work or it won't interface with a computer anymore. No. In other words, Correct. I mean, it could be a fun, clunky digital camera. You'd be like, oh man, I'd like to check this out. Mm-hmm. But the functionality of it kind of, you know, it remains to be seen. I'm guessing they're going to kind of poop out. Well, there you go. You think about that. What was hot then was the Sony Mavica. Oh, man. Oh. The floppy disk camera. That was a hot camera. Yes, it was. Every How school had one. How many computers do you have today that still has that floppy drive? Right. Or you have to get a VST drive and hope it still works and have the <laughs> software to run it just exactly as you said. But you could pick up a 1954 Kodak Brownie and... Smile. Y- yeah. <laughs> it, you know, if you find one in good condition that's been cared for or stored properly, I mean, it'll deliver the same exact picture it delivered in 1954. Mm-hmm. And film is be- still being made. And although there's been a consolidation of film over the last few years, m- meaning meaning companies have been kind of scaling back on what they have available. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I I for me, now that I've become more interested in black and white, the SEMA film. Leslie, you sent me some Orwell film. Uh, Michael Kalea a while ago sent me a link to a, there's a company in India that sells like Ooh. there is film all over the place it's amazing Chinese film the Shanghai film there's really no shortage of film there's a, still a wonderful worldly selection of film yeah wow what was it like in like the 80s must have been like sweet magical Christmas was it, was it really super <laughs> sweet you act like you weren't in the 80s but you weren't shooting film in the 80s were you the 80s I was no I was uh, yes oh, yes. Uh, yes but uh, sadly <laughs> I was shooting film in my Canon AE1 and I would just walk in the drugstore and I would just Kodak Gold, man. Absolutely. You could, you could get anything actually in the drugstore. <laughs> but drug I didn't store. know there was anything color. else. The only thing I saw was uh, the... Uh, Joe Consumer. Yes, I was Joe <laughs> 100% Joe Consumer, a little bit of 110, and then when the uh, Kodak 1000, VR 1000 oh, came yes. out, mm-hmm. I bought bought that up. Mm-hmm. I know now because I'm scanning all the negs from the 80s. Oh. You know, I'm looking, I'm like, <laughs> VR on the, on the rebate, on the eighties, I was in the dark room a lot, a uh, lot yes. of dark room time then for me. Yeah, well, did, ditto, in. ditto in college, <laughs> uh, and I never fared very well in the dark room. One of these days, I'll bring uh, some prints to the show of some stuff I did. Oh, I would love to see in it. the dark room. I mean, because yeah, well, there's always something. You, that's the cool thing too. There's always something you can work on in the dark room. Yeah, eighties like, and, and into the nineties, I was probably the peak of my printing. So I mean, papers yeah. were amazing and technique and. Fine-tuning. But, but getting back to really important stuff, the Wasabi <laughs> Kit Kats. The Wasabi Kit Kats came from Nagata, Japan. 
Oh, look at that! Very cool. from Vince Huber. Vince Huber. Oh. And look, he has a little. See a little. Oh, he's got. Does he have a little stamp? Oh, he does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. He says, "Dear Michael, I just wanted again voice my appreciation for your efforts on the film photography project. Clearly, the FPP, especially the enthusiasm of you and everyone else associated with the projects, are introducing traditional photography to a wider audience, while also inspiring those of us already familiar with the medium. Hopefully." This donation of a Polaroid Image 1200 FF, which I have over there in a box, Mm -hmm. will help to that end. Along with the camera, I'm sending some wasabi-flavored Kit Kats from the Izu area of Japan. Not too bad. Give them a try. I've also added a small photo book I put together a few years ago, mostly to give friends and family. The photos were all taken close to where I live on the Japanese left coast Mm -hmm. and were mostly shot on film. There are even a few trichromes for variety. I hope you receive the package and contents with no problems. Vince, we did. Sadly, the Wasabi Kit Kats, which, you know... I took took out and put in the FPP fridge, got separated from the package, so for a while we didn't know who sent them. But now we know. And that image 1200 FF will uh, be a future giveaway on the show. Speaking of giveaways, let's get right into some fun stuff here. So much fun stuff. It's everywhere. 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 Let's get right into our giveaway for today, which is from our good friend, Lance from Belgium. Hey. Also known as Lance in Belgium, uh, Lance Rothstein, and super friend Lance, and also Lance, proprietor of the Laboratory Film Site, where you can buy all of his hand-rolled films. I'm very excited about this. You will, too. Ooh. Now, for... Folks listening, if you process your own black and white film at home, uh, we've talked about in the past, you could develop your film in coffee, which is, you know, when I first found out, I thought it was unbelievable. Now, you can't drink it. Don't drink this. You can't drink it. Yeah. Look at this. This is great. I, I love this. It feels kind of like the, like, a, go shopping at a craft store, like the packaging, yep. you know? It's just pull it off the shelf. Yeah, one, one oh, cap and all. Somebody's going to have a blast. What's Lance's uh, website? Oh. Laboratory is uh, not spelled like the, you know, American laboratory. Yeah, so it's www.labeauratoire.com. And we'll have a link for that in the show notes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, he put sea salt in his recipe. Is that what that is? Now, what I love about this, and you'll see an image of this on the show notes, it is like a prepackaged, you know, beautifully printed package. I can tell you what I love about it immediately. First of all, I was expecting when you have like a powder, usually like it escapes or it's like all in the bottom of the box. This is really in there. Like, you see there's no... There's no moisture built up. Uh, mm-hmm. You could tell a lot of time and effort went into this package. I mean, mm-hmm. look how Oh, are those, are those directions on the inside? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. That's sweet. No, now, this is really cool. one of these packages is for us to play with. I think I'll defer this one to Leslie. I've actually only developed with Caffeinol once. Right. So. It's not your, not your bag. No, ah, bag. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Guess what? I'm all pyro. I've never developed oh. with Ooh. Caffeine oh, we're going to have to paper, rock, scissors for this. Um, so, yeah, this and look at the films. Fantastic. Look at the film selection. Oh, yeah. The presentation is excellent. It's also the Super X, Super XX yes. nitrate, mm-hmm. nitrate film. Eastman, uh, fine grain movie 
7375 and a classic Tri-X looking color code. Ah, from 1963. Oh, I haven't tried the yes. 7375. I think I have. From the directions that I've read, there's enough uh, caffeinol to soup up four rolls of film. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And that's with reusing it. So you, I guess you'd have to have all four rolls shot if you're going to do that. Just kind of one-shot it. Yeah, yeah. one-shot it. Uh, Lance says, Dear FPP gang, I'm writing to you on my newly acquired Olivetti Valentine typewriter. Oh, from, typewriter from 1969. Just like working with a vintage camera and film, it takes a bit of practice and mistakes are frequent. But that's the fun of it, right? Damn right. I like to get it. I have one of those. You do? I do. Wow. <laughs> there are no it? computers, folks. No word processor. No word check. You had whiteout. Yep. Oh. And uh, you had uh, uh, some electric typewriters had the, you press the button and go back and hit the whiteout for you. Yes. Some of them would do the whole line. Oh. Do you remember those? I remember them. I didn't have one. And if you wanted a copy, you would use carbon paper and you would make a copy as you're typing it. Oh, jeez. You, uh-huh. you, I, no, I only thing I ever used. Now I went to a like a middle school in high school that was in the middle of nowhere in in Ohio. So mm-hmm. we actually did use because there were never enough computers. We did get the the word processors, like the dedicated word yes. processor, and then it was basically like a really bad version of Word you were typing on, and then mm-hmm. you would you would set it to print, and then it would shoot it all out. But that was uh, that was about the uh, the lowest tech we went. My grandma had a typewriter, and I would always get yelled at for messing up her papers. But that would oh. be about it. it. Says here is the package I promised, containing two experimental kits from laboratory. Pronounce laboratoire. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> You know, there it is. Gosh darn it, that Mark Dalzell. <laughs> he was absolutely correct. Because I kept saying, and the laboratory, and Mark kept saying, laboratoire. And I thought he was like just joking, you know, some young Frankenstein let reference or something. <laughs> laboratoire. We'll make, we'll make him listen to know he was Laboratoire. Right. <laughs> laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> This is a, pl- uh, a play on words in French containing beau, beautiful, and laboratory, laboratory. So in English, it would be uh-huh. kind of like writing beautiful laboratory. There are two kits, each, uh, each containing four rolls of black and white film from my online store and one packet of a new caffeinol concoction. This is ready to dilute in 600 milliliters of water. Uh, what, what is milliliters? 600 milliliters. 600 milliliters. It's less than two cups. It's, okay. It's very, very little amount of water. It'll fill up a Patterson two-reel tank. That's what he yes. said. Yeah. There's one kit for you guys to experiment with and one to give away to a lucky listener. More info and detailed directions for exposure and processing can be found on the website laboratory.com that's L-A-B-E-A-U-R-A-T-O-I-R-E dot com. Anyone can send me a <laughs> Flickr message. I'm Lance Photo on the Flickr or email me at Lance at LancePhoto.com. Yes, you may have noticed that this typewriter doesn't have the at symbol. Oh. LOL. Uh-huh. Laugh out loud. That's about it for now. Happy shooting all. Peace. Lance FPP Film Photography uh, Project.com. Go to the giveaway button. And this week, uh, we're going to be giving away the uh, Caffeinol Concoction. It says right here in bold, Develop your film with coffee. Works on photo paper, too. It's a natural alternative black and white film developer. Develops four rolls not for human consumption and I'm also sending uh, Lance's four rolls of film which are uh, Eastman Nitrate Super X you could either shoot it or you could uh, go down to your local fire department and you go to the fire chief or the junior fire chief and say hey guys listen can we go outside and can we light this film on fire you know they'll be standing by and you could you know just 
take the film out of the out of the canister and then put a match to it and see what happens. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this brings me back to what we were talking about before the show. That's another thing digital can't do. That's another <laughs> thing digital cannot do. There's also a roll of uh, Kodak panchromatic black and white film, uh, mm-hmm. Plus X, 5231, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's two rolls of Plus two X. Yeah. Uh, plus X, like, as, as you guys know, is like butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the butter of films. And Eastman FCSR 7375 fine grain movie film. So this is a nice little laboratoire uh, uh, example. What do you think about that nitrate? What kind of image is that going to be? Panchromatic, it ought to be good. Yeah, you don't see too just, much of that anymore. It just keeps bringing me back to uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, they were blowing up film cans. <laughs> oh, that was the whole. No, they blew up a theater. Oh, that was the whole plan. They knew it was nitrate, and they talked about it. it was quite interesting for yeah we film buffs, as we don't <laughs> like to be called. So you know, Sweet. hey, we're gonna be back right after this. Hey, let's do a live spot. Let's do it. For the filmphotographystore.com. That's our store, FPP. And you may say, Mike. Mike. What is new? Or what was exciting in December in the FPP store? Like, what are people buying? What are they buying? We introduced 100-foot rolls of film. And this is essentially 100 feet of film on a core in a black bag in a box that gets shipped to you for folks out there who have a home roll kit. So you could essentially roll your own 35-millimeter cartridges if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we also have available a home roll kit. It's the square, Great. what do you call that? Bobolink. Bobolink, which I love. So <laughs> we've been selling a heck of a lot, which doesn't surprise me, of the Eastman X five two two two, which is a super smooth, amazing motion picture film that we buy in huge rolls and then... Me and the little FPP darkroom where I have all my 35 millimeter reels set up. <laughs> you know, it's it's a big board that actually Jeff made. Jeff's tinkerer. You saw him before. I did. He popped in. We've done the same thing with fine grain 2366, which is popular. Mm-hmm. And now we started it with the high contrast 5363. These are all motion picture films. Double X is used to actually shoot. Feature films are shot on it. I'm very curious if Nebraska was shot on that. Oh, okay. What The first one that pops into my mind is an older one, which was Paper Moon. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, because they Mm -hmm. shot all of that with a black and white and a red filter. Yes, they did. They did. Yes, just some of those scenes. And a lot of times, extremely wide, even when it wasn't necessary. Right. Got in close. One of my favorite films to watch, simply from that aspect. Yeah. I I like the storyline, too. So if if you're not into home rolling your own, you could go into the 35-millimeter section and actually buy it in cartridges. And this has been like a whole new discovery for me less than six months ago, or a little over six months ago. I mean, it was just completely foreign to me, the idea of buying such a bulk amount of film from Kodak and just is cutting it up. Also, of course, on the fine grain and the high contrast, these are copy films, which are really not designed to shoot in camera. They're designed to make, you know, contact prints with dupes. Title slides. Yep. Titles. Yep. So they're positive films, but when you shoot them in a camera and develop them normal, you get a negative. Either we were chatting or we're chatting online, Leslie and I about, or maybe Alex was saying, if you take, let's say, the high contrast positive or the fine grain positive and somehow develop it by sending it to those folks that, what, CR5? DR5. DR5. <laughs> yeah. yeah. DR5. DR5. Yeah. A battery yeah, and film it, process. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, reversal process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that, you can't do that with any. You can't do that with a negative film. No, it's only specialty films that you can do that with. The one that DR5 used to specialize in doing a couple of years back was Agfa Scala. Yeah. Mm. 
And uh, Leslie knows how much of a beautiful, beautiful film that is. I have is. some of that. Yeah, it's a nice film. Do you have any of that in your stash? Uh, I don't believe I do. Uh, no, we But didn't. there's, I could tell us an incredibly easy way to get black and white positives and not go through all the hassle. Oh, yeah? Should I do that should, now or a later date? Sure. Wow. Contact Prennett with another piece of black and white film. <laughs> uh, how do you do that, though? How do you do that? Well, yeah, how do you do that easy? Sounds a little... Oh. You can make your own little pin register. How would your average Joe do it? You know, you could even do it with a piece of foam core. Yep. How would couple, J- Joe Kodak Gold do Joe, that? Joe Kodak <laughs> Gold to do that average Joe consumer even with a couple of um, uh, pos- possibly even push pens you've got your blank film stock you've got your negatives that right. you've already processed put them together in the dark over the, f- the foam core line those little sprocket holes yep, up okay. push pin them in All push right. pin them in All push right. pin them in right down mm-hmm. the line hit them with, under the enlarger or light source and then just develop it again and of course every time you do that that piece of film reverses positive negative positive negative positive negative develop it as normal and you have positives this time did you say CR or DR5? DR5. DR. Yep. Is that expensive, the DR, by it sending is. it out? It is. Like how much per roll? Any, I mean, um, off the top of our head, we don't have a pad oh, in front of The last of time I looked, it was in the $20 range, something That's like that. That's not horrible. No, but it's it's not something you're doing every day. It's no. usually for some images that you really want that beautiful long tonal scale and you want to scan it up all nicey-nice and make can, a huge print from it. Can the, um, can the fine grain or the high contrast be sent out to be made a positive? I mean, they're called positive films. I think... I think the film had to be manufactured for the process. We but don't know. I, we don't know. I don't see why you couldn't try any of the home reversal kits because uh, back in the day, T-Max, right. uh, Kodak T-Max yeah. used to have their own home reversal kit. You can still get a hold of those guys. And well, it's a little sloppier, a little a little more work at home, but you can get the same result. For so these new new to us films, and actually these are new films. These are not vintage stocks or out of date or cold store stocks. These are uh, stocks fresh from Kodak, just not designed to be used in the thirty five millimeter camera. And that's what we're using it for. And it sounds corny, but I'm having a heck of a lot of fun doing it. It, it is. I think it's a challenge to tame them down to pictorial quality, as I call it. Yeah. Get that contrast under control yeah it's a challenge it's kind of fun to work a new recipe up high contrast 5363 alex and you were mentioning in a thread on facebook that mm-hmm. it's chromey and that's exactly how i felt because i've shot skin tones and everyone kind of has that everyone looks like they're from the f- chromey metallic it yeah was everyone the best has term. A- i think mike bataxi uh, uh, dane might call it sweat sweaty <laughs> That's what's hot in the store. And, of course, uh, Since Impossible has released their new stocks, which, of course... Have you guys tried that yet? Uh, oh, we will hear later on. Yeah, oh. we're going to, and we're going to report on it in an upcoming show. Oh, okay. I can tell you firsthand it's it's gorgeous. Oh, good. So being on the retail side of things, I get to see some, some interesting trends, more more the dig folks in what they're asking for, but some big things that are out there right now. Well, you know, folks listening who we haven't really had the... The Matt Mirage update. <laughs> you know, Matt is no longer in Findlay, Ohio. You're in <sighs> Columbus, Ohio, and you're 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 doing retail. Can you just tell tell the folks out there? Sure. I work for this awesome little lighting company in Columbus, Ohio, called LumaPro. I work very closely with our exclusive USA dealer, Midwest Photo Exchange, and in doing so, I kind of get to see the world from the current you know digital retail side of things. But Midwest, uh, a lot of folks may not know, is a premier retailer for film. Uh, when you order film with Keith Canham. You yes. can actually come into Midwest and order it, and we'll place the order with Keith. When Ilford does its specialty ordering in June, July, you can get the film from us there, too. And it's just, it's cool being able to see what uh, what the hip digital kids Is it a think big cool. store, walk, a walk-in store? Oh, yes, it, yes. Yeah, brick, yeah, brick and mortar at its best. Huge store, just absolutely everything is there. 
And the, the two biggest things right now are Sinistil film and the new Impossible, which just looks amazing. So people have walked in and uh, bought the impossible and tried it out right on the spot or you guys have done some tests we do tests when we when uh midwest buys in cameras and since they know i'm a hardcore film guy i kind of get uh, railroaded into testing a lot of the new cameras uh they'll usually call me up to come play antiques roadshow mm-hmm. when something walks to the door and oh that's awesome but it's just so cool seeing it from a different perspective and it kind of grounds you so, you know because you get out outside of the the very small uh, world that we live in as film photographers right. and get to see the whole the whole state of photography in general but no, the new Impossible film, you guys are going to love it. Especially on a day like today, you just shoot it and let go. We haven't announced our new uh, sort of like segments yet. But, you know, this rolls into, and let's open up what we call, hold on, <laughs> <laughs> Polaroid Film Corner. Ooh, Polaroid Corner. Works right. Yeah, it works. It would have to end it with the. Oh <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> Polaroid corner. <laughs> you know, we have been retailing. You know, in the FPP store online for well over a year now. Impossible film. Am I correct in saying that there are far, far less problems with customers than you would think because the film has been experimental in nature? Interestingly enough, I haven't seen anyone like come back and say, hey, this film is bum. Like I've, ne- I've not <laughs> once have I heard that. Um, it might be just because of the disposition of the folks buying it. A right. lot of them are young mm-hmm. kids, seven, 17 to 22. Uh, Midwest Photo is a walking distance from the Ohio State University. So a huge Big Ten school. The, the kids will just jump right. on the bus this, and write it up to Midwest and get their film fix. Right. And it's funny, you can kind of tell the uh, the hardcore film junkies from the, the casual experimenters. Right. The junkies usually come in, they're a little jittery, they need to get their fix, they usually buy two or three packs of Impossible and just a boatload of 120. Right. So. I think also that crowd has the patience. Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, I get emails daily. Biggest dilemma over the holidays were people who were really not photographers or into it buying gifts for somebody else. Oh, yeah. Or someone who picked up a camera and they buy a pack of film and that camera is a bum. So, of Mm -hmm. course, it's a disappointment 100%. And the first thing people think is it's the film when, in fact, almost 95% of the time or greater, it's the camera. So I have on my hand a Polaroid One Step. Uh, By the way, this is the classic I guess 80s or 90s black oh, yeah. staple Polaroid one step which I highly recommend because it's they're cheap they're inexpensive you know they're they're easy to find and generally speaking they always work uh, they're very tough Leslie in her hand has a Polaroid SX70 which I love but I shudder a little bit no pun intended they're a little more problematic because of their age would you agree or disagree I would disagree we've disagreed before about I this I know because you know I why because she's gonna she's gonna tell you in five seconds that it's all about the love it's all about the love <laughs> she could have she could have a camera that's perfectly usable hand it to me what about this nothing guy? comes out oh I got oh, a tank well I don't use many of them when I have these but still um, reserve. I'm holding in my hand the classic Polaroid one-step, you know, the rainbow, the white with rainbow, which we used to carry in the FPP store, but stopped carrying because, well, as you know, over there on the Brillo box, yes. there's about <laughs> 20 of them. They don't work. It was. An, I don't want to say that because, you know, I'm using a dollar baby brownie that works like a charm. You can't compare this camera with the one in your hand. And you really, in a way, you really can't. And a lot of those do fail, but it was... 
the low end 1995 camera from Polaroid. Plastic box plastic, camera. Plastic box and camera. And in your hand you have a uh, Time Zero SX70 SLR? Yes. And this just happens to be the autofocus version, so it's got the right, focusing right. mechanism on the top. Yeah. But, uh, um, this was somebody's, some industry's test camera. <laughs> this is the new film. This is the new film. No, it I still got, takes time, guys. That's, it does. It, sure, yeah. it does. But I've got just nice, perfect cut coverage and nothing squeezing out the back, so I'm happy. Okay, but specifically, people who are listening who still haven't tried Polaroid for instant photography, uh, I'm, I feel their pain, and I'm trying to, to figure out a fix for this, and I don't really think of one. Mm. Okay, person buy, buys a camera. Let's say it's this one. The SX70 White Rainbow, which everyone loves. They do. It's a little cult camera. And they buy an, a pack of SX70 film. Mm-hmm. And two... Not one, but two emails this past December. The sticky shutter, like yes. you hear, all you hear is click, 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 click. They put in a fresh pack of SX70 film. It spit out the black card, but then when they went to shoot, Nothing. jammed shutter. And then, of course, uh, you put your pack of film in. The shutter spits out all eight exposures in 30 seconds or less. I, I, I have had that happen. That's rough. That is. That's rough. <laughs> and the strange thing is, and I know it happens every time because it happened to me, and even though I know what to do, I just stood there with my jaw open. Like, you just, my jaw was dropped, and you let it happen because it freezes your brain. <laughs> it does. I kind of just pointed around hoping I'll get something, but it doesn't really work. So what would your advice be to someone who wants to get into Polaroid photography, has gotten a camera from a thrift store, when they want to test their camera? Uh, oh, from the, oh. It's tough, right? It, it is, because I'd say, you know, you just go into Imagine That because she's got a bunch of empty packs of film that she keeps around for that purpose. Your guys have that? We do have empty test empty packs. Testers, and the reason yeah. we do is because I said, hey, why don't you guys have an extra empty impossible pack and with and a dark I slide? Do oh, it test. I'll put yeah. a slide in it and a bunch of empty prints in it so it's exactly the same situation. Pop the slide out, good. Pop the print out, good. These are already exposed so prints. Should we be sending some foot traffic into it? It's always possible, but that's the best way. So always happy to test something out. How about a person, they go on the internet, you know, that mm-hmm. big internet thing, mm-hmm. and they seek out some other person, like, a, I don't know, a fellow shooter. Like, you could find someone who has an extra pack. Sure. Like, kind of put the word out, and you may get a good Samaritan Polaroid shooter who might send it to you. Yep. I've sent a few away. I have, times. too. Yes, exactly. When you when have, I have them. them. But so. if you're near, what's the name of your shop? If you're near, uh, if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, which, you know, if you're in Columbus, you're going to go visit Leslie, and then you're going to visit me. Because <laughs> it's only person. an hour away. Right. Has so. anyone come in to deliver, uh, visit you? Yes. They actually. have? Yeah. I mean, there are other folks I knew just Did before. Did they just come bust in the door like the Kool-Aid guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had one surprise. But surprise! Usually, usually it's uh, I get a good heads up because they keep me pretty busy, Mike. Well, that's awesome. I, I, you know, my recommendation would be buy the most modern 600 yes. version. Yeah, that you can afford. Yeah, and, and I mean, even afford those. Uh, they've made them in green and blue. The, the whale the, and the, the frog. The, the blue. The, there you go. Yeah. The whale and the frog. Um, they are the newest. So yeah, your chances are good. Uh, you pick up a rainbow. Great, that's wonderful, but it's, your chances aren't going to be real high that that's going to be a working camera. I, I've also sometimes mm. they'll work for a pack and then they'll just uh, quit. Yeah. You know, whereas with the and maybe you feel that way about the foldings too. The folding, I'm really disappointed. I have one. I mean, I probably have. I hate to say, maybe.
maybe 20 folders. Okay. And 20 I, folding cameras. Yes. One of How them, many work? One of them does not work. Okay. One of them I know did not work because I believe it had been in a flood. Uh, there's a little rust. I could see it. I bought that. I was given that, actually, I think. Um, took it just simply because it was the original one with the no footage scale right. on it and the dashes. I took it in and make a nice little shelf queen. So if you have a camera, first time, you know, just got your camera, you mm-hmm. put a pack of film in and like kaboom, nothing happens. All is not lost. You can go into a dark room, pull out that pack of film and put the black card back in and then seek yourself out another camera. Yes. So I would say, and I think you guys might agree, you do have to have a little bit of a commitment to Polaroid instant photography. If you're going to put your toe in, be prepared that you may have to go the extra yard, the extra Definitely. foot, the extra mile to say, oh my God, I got a camera in this bum. And of course, everyone does want to blame the film. Of course. It's very rare these days that it's the film. Uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest way to get around this is to buy your used Polaroid cameras from a shop like... Oh, Film Photography Project. Exactly. I and, test them. Or ex- exactly. They're tested ahead right, of time. Right, right, Take right. the worry out of it. It's it's guaranteed you're in like Flynn. Yes. So. There you have it. There you have Any it. Any questions, Matt? No. <laughs> Got it covered on the Polaroid. You know, it's so funny. Uh, we're talking about the Impossible Films. They had a sale at Christmassy time, and I had to do it. I had to pull the tree. Leslie knows what I'm talking about. They had their, uh, their 8x10 black and white was back in stock. Oh. So I had to... I, I sprung for a, a three-pack. So, gonna be you. gonna be out there shooting a little more of that. Um, That's a nice sound. Hoping hoping they get some more color coming down the, the pipeline mm-hmm. for that. Color eight by ten. Yeah, because I was I, that I, very limited. Incredibly limited, like sold out within hours, kind of stuff. By the time, um, even the black and white is uh, very very limited. Yeah. Uh, another dilemma, of course, is the rollers in your camera. That's right. That's uh, it's possible. You know, you want to blame the camera. You want to blame the film. It's possible maybe those gosh darn rollers. What are you talking about, Mike? Rollers. Yeah, in a Polaroid camera. All Polaroid cameras, they all have rollers. Yeah. But, you know, if you have a question out there, you could email us at podcast. Oh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. And uh, that concludes our Polaroid segment for the show. Now is the best time ever to get into Polaroid instant photography. You know, the James Garner type. You know, the spit out the front type. You know, because Impossible has just released Color, New Color 600, Color Black and White 600, Black and White 600 Black Frame, Black and White 600 Gold Frame, uh, Black and White 600... Silver frame, color frame, 600. Mm-hmm. Do you know about that? The color yes, frames? Yeah. I did not. Yeah, it's all 600. Mm-hmm. SX70, new color film, SX70, new black and white film. And if you want to use the 600 variety of film in your SX70 camera, you could use the um, it's a kind of shade. It's the ND filter. The yeah. ND filter, yeah. the neutral density filter. neutral density filter, which um, is also sold on the FPP store. Uh, it's always great when there's like a, an amazing amount of film available to you out there. And I always say, hey, now's the best time because you have so many choices. And the film has come a really long way in the last few years. It's really a much uh, better emulsion. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about film. <gasps> hey, everybody. It's Mike Rosso with Leslie. Hello. And John Fideli. Super amazing. In the studio here to tell you about our good friend Neil Carpenter's 
film workshop in Georgia. That's right. Uh, our good friend Neil Carpenter is doing a film workshop in Serenby, south of Atlanta, on February 22nd of 2014. They're going to cover everything you need to get started to shoot film, and they will finish the day with shooting and coaching to practice everything they have discussed during the day. The workshop is $99, but this Jeep. is a... Yes, this is a, a not for profit. All proceeds go to Charity Water. And folks out there listening, Charity Water is a not for profit group that brings fresh drinking water to people who need it. Now, we're here in the United States, and we have good folks in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, uh, Norway. And, you know, sometimes we take it for granted that we could have a clean drink of water whenever we want. There are parts of the country that just do not have clean drinking water. True. If you watch something like Captain Phillips, you'll oh, notice... Captain Phillips. You'll notice that... Sorry, Tom Hanks. Notice that some of the... Uh, uh, Somalians. Yes, yeah, Somalians... They would all walk around. They all had a jug of water with them yeah. mm-hmm. because it was precious commodity. Hmm. So this benefits charity water. So if you'd like to check it out or go, we highly suggest you do. Neil's a great guy. Inward oh, Studio. Uh, and you can go to focus.peachtreephotography.com or you can just follow the link on our show notes, the Neil Carpenter workshop peach tree photography workshop in atlanta south of atlanta on february 22nd check it out fantastic hey we're back hey i want to read a letter from shelly is this what Shelly is this? Is this our Shelly? Shelly sometimes Shelly? That looks like Shelly sometimes Shelly. I think Shelley. it might be Shelly sometimes Shelly. Shelly says, Greetings. Hope you all can use the bits and bobs in here. There was a box that this note was in. Mm. I believe the Minolta works okay based on a couple of shots I got off on the roll. That was in it when I found it at a thrift. Spotmatic was my personal camera and works great, although I've never tried very hard to get the light meter to work. Sorry, it has no lens. It's okay. The Impulse was also my own. It works perfectly. I got it a few months ago from Option 8, and it's a good little cam. Thanks all, Shelly. Whoa. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks, Shelly. She's been a real good friend to FPP the whole year, like sending boxes here and there. Greatly appreciated. Two folks. Well, actually more than two folks, but these are two letters I pulled. Uh, folks, do send donations to the FPP. I want to thank our good friend, Marcel Shepherds. You guys know him? Oh, yeah. Do not. Not on Flickr? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he sent a cash donation. says, thank you for the thir- 2013 shows and all the best in 2014, Marcel. Fantastic. And our good friend, Anthony Bellia from Lincroft, New Jersey. Uh, there's no note here, but it's also greatly appreciated. You can help out the FPP by donating on the site, filmphotographyproject.com. Upper right-hand corner, there's a donate button. If you have some film you're not using, send it along. If you have some cameras, like if you're like a camera-holic <laughs> like us, and you just have too many cameras and you have a camera that works, you can send it to the FPP and we'll put it to good use. Awesome. Speaking of donations, mm-hmm. you may say, well, what happens to all those cameras? Hey, what does happen to all those what cameras, What does Mike? happen? Well, most of them, because people send donations in, and everyone thinks they're going to get given away on the show. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, I, I sent my camera in. I never heard it donated. What happened? Well, we have other programs. Uh, I have students who write in, and we also do our uh, meetups, our walking workshops where we bring cameras for people to get hands-on use, to use them in the field. And we also have giveaways there. And most recently, uh, woman Louise, uh, Louise. Contino, who is working uh, 
with two Ugandan-based photographers to set up a workshop at a school in Uganda. Oh, wow. And Luis sent us a note and said, can you donate? So passing it along, we get a, a fair amount of donations. And common workhorse cameras like the Pentax K1000, I didn't realize, well, the shelf starts filling up with them. And this, this came really at a great time because I went into the FVP little storeroom to see what we had in donation cameras. And Luis needed uh, 15 cameras, and uh, we sent those along. Just to give you folks an idea of what we sent over to Luis, I'll tell you what that project's all about. We sent 12 Pentax K1000s, two Canon AE-1 program cameras, and one Chinon CG-5. Cool. Uh, We also sent 120 rolls of film. Oh, fantastic. And 20 rolls of 120 film. The 120 rolls was 35 millimeter, mostly black and white. Luis says, I'm working with two Ugandan-based photographers as well as my advisors at the International Center of Photography to develop a best practice strategy for developing film and making prints in a remote site, which is a village in, uh, it's a Wantati village in Uganda, Africa. So FPP is sending the cameras, the film, and now Luis is trying to figure out how to develop. She says, we will develop a working relationship with photo labs in Kampala, the big city where I will be living. The plan is to bring a changing bag in chemistry with me along with five real tanks to develop film on site at the school. Surely it will be very cool for the children to learn. And I just thought, wow. I mean, when this opportunity came in, I really felt like, hey man, this is what FPP is really all about. Definitely. I mean, outside of us going to Uganda, you know, our safari hats on. Right, and our khakis and You know, you can see us riding you know, spray on and... an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great opportunity, and FPP got involved, and we passed along all these cameras to these students. Uh, and Leslie, also, you were in on this e- an email exchange regarding, uh, you know, some ideas. Uh, processing. Because it's because tough. There's no electricity. Right. There's no water. Right. Oh. Yeah, so it's a challenge to... Did you? Were you like, sun prints? No, no I wasn't. I'm, 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 I'm all in, um, see, okay, this is what we need, this is what we need. I made her a list of yeah. what she needs and what to bring in to process on site. Yeah. So... Great. I do really, really think we talked about even making prints on site. Yeah. Really going to be difficult, but she does have a backup plan on that to do that in Kampala, and I think that's going to be have to be her resource for that. Was the uh, idea that she decided she was going to do contact prints of the negatives so that everyone can see what they shot and then make selects? Yes. So Mm -hmm. real traditional way. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But it's, it's pretty awesome and amazing that, you know, you could take photography at its, uh, you know, as, as base. As its basis. Yes. And you can't get any more fundamental than a Pentax K1000. All you need. And Mm -hmm. it really is, to me, the perfect 35 millimeter SLR because the battery's only for the light meter. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, that camera is a tank and takes such great pictures. So I can't wait to see what they shoot. Like, that's yeah. going to be really exactly. cool to find out. Uh, for that reason, I am naming. <laughs> The Pentax K1000 as Film Photography Project's Camera of the, of the Year. year. Yes. 
Better news, our good friend, FPP correspondent Vivian Lee, is doing an audio interview with Louise about this project, and we will be featuring that on the program in a few weeks to come. Oh, that's going to be great. So I'm pretty excited. So if you ever want to know what happens when you click that donate button, what goes on over here? Good well, things. <laughs> everything gets used. For example, our uh, very good super friend. Let me see which super friend I'm talking about. Our super friend, Joyce Godsey. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Godsey. <laughs> <laughs> she sent us a six. Oh, Joyce, did you send us six or 12 boxes oh of vintage oh. cameras? That's as bad as my place, isn't it? It's sounding like it, yeah. I mean, lots and lots of cameras. Uh, and Joyce, we're still going through those. So when you click that donate button, it is amazingly appreciated. And anyone that has donated to the FPP in the last year, uh, regardless of what you sent, don't think that we don't appreciate it because we really do. On that note, let's take a break. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's going on, hey, Mike? Hey. You know, uh, Leslie, uh, you came up with this word, and I think it's true. The FPP is somewhat of a film boutique these days. It is a boutique, otherwise known <laughs> as a boutique in Ohio. And it kind of just happened by chance. I started getting very interested in unusual 35-millimeter film, film that's not available in cartridges, film that's only available on bulk, big reels, which there is sort of like, a, you know, there's a buzz on the Internet. There's a circle on the Internet of uh, men and women who roll their own film. I have to tell you, like me, most people don't. Till now. Well, till... <laughs> I mean, most people don't. I didn't. I was scared of the whole process. Mm. But I've conquered that. I've mastered the art of rolling film into cartridges. <laughs> so you could play them in your, <laughs> in your 35 millimeter camera. Yeah. Feed your camera. It's yeah, film. you could feed your camera. And that opens up a whole new world because most of the bulk loading is going on in little film communities like apug.org. People are talking about it, but they're not really offered. No one's really carrying it and offering it on a wider scale. Right. Yeah. So if you do not have the time or interest in rolling your own, the Film Photography Podcast Store, which is filmphotographystore.com and 35mm, if you click on 35mm, you'll see an unusual variety of films that we are hand rolling, and it's pretty cool. There are some amazing stocks out there for film stock. Uh, Kodak Rapid Copy Film. Insane. 0.06. Insane. Something like the Fuji it, which is IT-N, it's a cop- another copy film. It's C41. I believe it has an ISO of it's 20. I think it's unique that you can get black and white film that's green. Oh, the black and, and white black film, and white that's, film green. that's red. Yeah, some some of the films have an unusual U to them. Some are very thin, uh, like the Polypan F. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a silky smooth, dreamy mm, black and white film from Germany. And use it and get it. a glow. As of late, the newest is, of course, uh, exploring the Eastman Kodak motion picture line of films. Mm-hmm. Like the Eastman Double X. And this is an awesome film because it's rich and it's bold. Large tonal range. Large tonal range. Yeah. Tonal range. Mm-hmm. It's, nice uh, and silvery. Yeah. 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 Folks out there listening, we ship internationally. I would love to ship you some, some fresh, unusual film. Uh, for you to try in your 35mm camera. Mm-hmm. We're here to support you and help you out. So if you have any questions about it, we're going to do our best. I'm stumbling through it myself to process you know, process the black and white. Mm. And uh, the color we could send right over to our good friends at thedarkroom.com. Thanks, and filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. Uh, I want to talk to everyone out there about my recent trip to Florida. And you may say, well, Mike, what do we care about your trip to Florida? <laughs> They didn't take us, so what do we care? You may say, well, why did you go to 
Florida. Why did you go to and Florida? I, I was, you know, very... There's only one reason to go to Florida. Go see the track man. Hey, the track man. <laughs> but the great thing about the track man is that he's game for anything, and there's nothing the track man loves more than going out on little day trips. So I went down there, and he presented me immediately with a, a, a you know, I, I walk into his house, the track mansion, mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> it is a little Mick track mansion. It's cute. <laughs> And he had a toolbox, like a real 1950s, oh, yeah. 1960s red toolbox. And he's like, I'm like, I'm like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Trackman, what do you want me to do? Fix something? <laughs> Open it up, and it's your classic post-World War II working man guys, like some dad's camera kit. Oh. A toolbox that was like fitted with like foam in it. Yep. Like he went to Sears, got a toolbox that has two layers. Yep. The bottom layer, the cameras, top layers, the flash, and all the doodads. So in this toolkit, and you can see pictures on our show notes, uh, was a Mamiya Secor 500 DTL camera and a Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic. Oh, it was Spotmatic. Uh-huh. Both take the same lens thread. Yes. It's a screw thread. So we're going to call this segment. We didn't read our segments yet. We're going to save that for when the guys are here. Okay. <laughs> was there a segment about what... What a cost. Mm. How about oldies but goodies? Oldies yeah, goodies. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, well, sure. The oldies. role in the little uh, five-minute stinger should be like some kind of doo-wop thing, right? Of course. What would we say? I'm trying to think of a classic. I always think of like, what, Bowser? Oh. <laughs> like, sha-na-na-na, sha-na-na. <laughs> oldies but goodies. Hey, this is Cousin Bruce here. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows even what I'm talking about. Maybe people in New York who knows. Anyhow, these are both cameras take the same lenses. So I'm going to tell you folks, run it down, because I had some time to kill, and I did some research on Ooh. these cameras and shot with these cameras while I'm down there. But the real reason I was down there was to shoot infrared, which I'm going to talk about in a second. So I checked these cameras out, and uh, this Mamiya Secor 500 DTL, believe it or not, the uh, has a meter, and the meter goes from tw- 25 ASA all the way up to 3200. Oh, wow. Which really, you know, you don't think about. That's great. On the side of the camera, there's an AS switch for the light meter, which is average or spot. As I'm checking this stuff off, I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. It takes a EPX76 1.5 volt battery. Mm-hmm. Easy to find. Easy. Very easy. The light meter is activated by a spring in the rewind lever, deactivated by pressing uh, the shutter slightly. I mean, this is badass. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Or in my Breaking Bad voice, this is badass, yo. (laughs) This really is. As a 42-millimeter threaded lens mount, same mount as the Practica and early Pentax, a.k.a. Pentax Type mount. This is just originally called Practica mount. Is that right? It was, yeah. Did a value search. Mm-hmm. I always get a kick out of people who like look up stuff on eBay, but look at auctions instead of completed auctions. Exactly. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, "Oh man, like, mm-hmm. dude, no, dude, just look at completed auctions." Yes. <laughs> Ten dollars with lens. Wah wah wah. <laughs> so I mean, this is an awesome camera, and if you know you want one, you can get one very inexpensively. There was also uh, a uh, Mamiya Secor 50mm 2.0 lens. Great. Uh, also in the box was a Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic. It's a cult camera. The Spotmatic. Oh, yes. Most known as Ringo's camera. <laughs> you could see on some uh, uh, if you search online you could find Ringo Star shooting with it during the making of, uh, I think it's a Hard Day's Night. This was with a 39 to 80 millimeter Sigma XQ lens F3.5. 
This is a 1964 camera. And the amazing thing is, you know, you see Sigma these days. I mean, still, Sigma lenses. I didn't know they were around that long, Sigma. I guess I wasn't aware they were around quite that long either. No, I didn't. Backing up to the Mamiya Secor camera, Mm -hmm. that was introduced July 68. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic was introduced in 64. Am I guessing that Honeywell, you know, I always think of the thermostat heating oil company, that Honeywell was basically the U.S. distributor for Pentax products? That they branded it Honeywell? But yes, you're correct. Not, not I mean, there's currently. also thermostats. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, not currently. Value of this camera is a little bit higher, the mm-hmm. Pentax Spotomatic. Uh, 25 to $40, but the uh, the um, it had a corroded, like highly corroded um, battery compartment. Yes. Uh, I mean, so corroded. Yes, it that, travels. That I couldn't even open it. So that brought the value down to $10. <laughs> now, the great thing, the great news about this is that in the package was also a Super Tacumar oh, 50 millimeter 1.4. Nice. The lowest I saw online was $35, the highest at $200. The the lens did have some mold in it. This is not the Spotmatic. We're looking at my Pentax K1000 with a 50mm 1.2 on it. And, you know, you'd look at the lens and you'd be like, oh, my God, this, I don't know, $500 to $1,000 lens is now worth nothing because, you know, it has some mold in it. I shot with this camera. And I can tell you, you don't even see it. It maybe maybe it's softening your image a little bit, but maybe not. But bottom line is, I think that mold is like what is it, overrated. <laughs> There are there are folks that get really crazy about if there's any speck of mold whatsoever on their lens. I bought a lens for my Mamiya 645. Yeah. So I actually rebought Mike. I rebought my 645 AF because it, it, like I missed it. Right. I sold it when I had when I was like broke, no money. Luckily, I didn't sell the Hasselblad, but. I got an 80 millimeter f1.9 for 645. Really great lens. When I got it, I noticed there was a little rainbowy looking ring oh. around around the outside. But once I stopped down to uh, 2.2 f2. Right. Which I mean, very very seldom are you going to be shooting those lenses wide open just because it'll be impossible to focus. Right. Once I'm there, can't even notice it. So right. if you're don't get too freaked out, right? No, and if you're vigilant about that sort of thing, you can. There are ways of dealing with your fungus. There are ways to remove um, organic matter from your. Do you have to your build? lens? No, you don't have to. In fact, when you do, it will wreck the uh, the lens elements, especially if it's coated glass. Uh, you remember this K1000? I brought it to yes. the first Finlay. FPP uh, mm-hmm. workshop Walking that we workshop. did. Oh, yeah. It was my camera that year. I've put this down for two years. I mean, I put this oh, camera down for walking two. Workshop. No, that was the, the last. Very first. Yeah, we, had, we had Joe with us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Joe was there. I dug this out. I rediscovered it, and it's like a joy all over again. It is. You know, and that's uh, a little bit of our problem. We can't be using all of our cameras at once. So can't. You get a cycle through. It's you can't. Not enough light hours in the day. There are not. But, but um, it's nice. But I think uh, vetting all the cameras for the Uganda project uh, yes. got the K1000 back in my hand. Like I was like testing so many of them, and I realized how awesome the camera is. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to use. The meter system's so easy to use. And I forgot how I love it. And with this sweet 50 millimeter 1.2 on it, <laughs> I'm really <laughs> like, it's my go-to camera. Uh-huh. Like, it's always in my bag now. I, I can't recommend it enough, the K1000. I love it. So those were, getting back to the, the Honeywell Pentax Spotmatic and the uh, Secor Mamiya Secor. You guys know anything about Mamiya Secor? Like, what was that about? For a while, they were branded two brands. I don't know. 
I always knew that the C-chord lenses were later what went on the Mamiya bodies, and that was in 35 and medium format. Yeah. Right. And you can still find C-chord lenses. You know who would know? Tony Kwong. Ah. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If anyone knows why some earlier products in the 60s were Mamiya C-Core. Uh, so those are the two cameras in the toolkit. Uh, they are now reside in Florida. Trackman actually you know, left his Kodak digital camera at home one day and shot a roll of black and white which was awesome. They all came out great. Good, good. The, this was the camera that had the glued meter, so the meter wasn't even working, so we Sunny 16'd it. Perfect. Uh, Sunny 16, of course, is the... Uh, you guys know what it is? Sure do. Yeah. Match your ASA ISO to your maximum film speed. 400 speed film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shutter speed, 1,500. That's pretty close. Oh, I got this roll of film. Yeah, what do, you got, what do you got there? It's Tri-X. That'd be 400 speed. So what do I do? Set your camera for... <laughs> One five hundredth of a second. Okay. You got it? You found it? Got it. Okay. Yeah. What's it like outside? S- uh, sunny. Sunny. Lens on 16. Sunny 16. Whoa. Oh, okay. Whoa. What do you have, oh, Matt? What kind now. of film do you have? I have 125. What do I do? Well, you're going to set your shutter speed to the matching 125 oh, on your dial. Oh, okay. And it's sunny outside, so where are we going to put that f-stop? Probably 16. You got it, buddy. There it is. Awesome. And then, of course, compensate if it gets a little mm. overcast. What? Yay! Jackpot! Jackpot! Oh, we have so much stuff. We have so much stuff to do, John, that... John just walked in. Time to take a break. Hey, it's Mike here with John. The Darkroom is near and dear to my heart because uh, Phil from The Darkroom made a special trip out to New York last year to meet us at the PDN Photo Expo. Yeah, great guy. And the dark room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is where do I bring my film to get processed? Because mm-hmm. so many local labs have been closing. And even our local CVS, Target stores, Walmarts. It's diminishing. The dark room is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. You have an old f- piece of film you found from the 1960s, like Ectochrome X mm-hmm. with a defunct format. They'll yeah. process it as black and white. What about Seattle Filmworks film? Send it over. <laughs> Uh, 122, 20, 35, 4x5, 8x10. The Darkroom. It's thedarkroom.com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. Thedarkroom.com. And tell them Mike sent you. That's right. Tell them. <laughs> Mike who? who? <laughs> tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Uh, welcome, John. Hey. Well, thanks. What's going on? Thanks. Nothing. Just regular crazy. Did you get through the holidays okay? Ugh. I was sick as a dog like Matt the whole, ho- the whole holiday. Mac has, that, Matt, Mac. Mac has a weird Mac. bug. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what kind it's, of bug? The whole tract is infected. Ew. Like oh, fluids. Yeah. Nothing but fluids. Uh, look at you. You look so... I, I look so alive. I feel bad for you, man. That's all right. I didn't find out until I was like most of the way here too. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's where you want to find. That's out the best about time. Yeah, like that the, that's all right. I'm pushing. I'm pushing through for everyone out there. So, oh, you're the best, man. <laughs> what you got, Pentax? Oh yeah, Mr. Pentax. Now uh, we're going to talk about infrared film. Yes. Recently, how's that looking? Look at that! Beautiful. Yeah. 
Perfect. Holy gee willikers. Yeah, it's it's good film. This is the new, the brand new. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, did you shoot any of the new Impossible? <laughs> <laughs> Have a little time in there. <laughs> Warm. Did, did you shoot any of the new Impossible over the holidays? Uh, I shot nothing. Oh. You really did? I shot nothing. I shot a couple of, I had an old uh, old pack of black and white in the uh, Spectra Minolta. Okay. It's the pro. Spectra style camera. <laughs> There's a picture of my son who is just as sick as me, <laughs> just um. holding up the toy open. And he just looks so. He looks like Matt yeah, right I'm, now, I'm, like I'm, with a half smile on his face. Like, uh. so anyhow, yeah, I went to Florida, yeah. to shoot, and you shot some in, in, infrared. infrared. Yeah, yes, looks, look, he knows. Looks phenomenal. Yeah, I saw it on your photo stream. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now lately, uh, you know, for me, it's a new discovery. But fact is. Mm-hmm. Our very own Leslie, you gave me Kodak HIE, I want to say, years ago. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was just like, I was like... What do uh, I do with it? Oh, filters. Uh, oh. I was uh, like... Uh, focusing. Who's, who's the Don who gets the olive oil at the end of uh, when Robert De Niro... Oh, yeah. Don Cheech, is it? No. Don Cheech, yeah. Don Cheech. <laughs> Don Cheech? He also gives him the olive oil. He's just like, what does he do? He's like, he's like uh, uh, He doesn't know. He's just like, huh. What do I do with this? <laughs> like, Leslie, what do I what do I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> all I heard was, it has to be cold. <laughs> That's has, all I heard. It has to be cold. So I stuck it in the, fr- in the fridge. Good. And you also, you also gave me, I'm, I'm thrilled, a box of 4x5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that was her. Like, you know, I have, at the time I had no idea no. what that meant. I was just like, look, it's like. Yeah. I must have liked you or Thanks. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that 16 mil? That's, no, this uh, is uh, 35. Eight, no, APS. Oh, mm. apps. There's so many, there's yeah. so many cameras here. It's oh, just, don't say yeah. that because I'll be going out and buying so, the apps camera. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's just black and white. Mm. Then there's the color yeah. infrared. Yes. I had no idea how to shoot it. Nothing. So it, it just sat in the fridge, sat in the fridge, so sat safe in the fridge. There, just waiting. Then <laughs> one day, one day, I got an email from a mystery source. With source. with an amazing amount of color infrared film on huge film spools. And in the FPP uh, little dark room, I, as you know, I've been hand-rolling films. Mm-hmm. I started hand-rolling it. I did all the research. I looked up looked up color infrared uh, and found out you know how to shoot it. You don't just pop it in there. No, no, I, no, no. no. When fire off. John and I were in England for the uh, workshop in, in England mm-hmm. in 2012, I shot a roll of Kodak HIE with no film. At Stonehenge. And you probably loaded it in daylight. I did. Yep, and you unloaded it in daylight. I did. Stuck it in your hot little pocket when you were done. I did. Yeah. (laughs) X-rayed it coming home to the airport. Did. Yeah. And then thought, this is going to be great. I did. And then you did the infamous Mike Rosso minimal developing chart. Uh, No, I sent it to the darkroom. Okay. Yeah. But it still came back like, you know. Schmutz. Toast. It was just black and white. It was just unevent. There was nothing. It was just black. I just shot it without a, a filter. And were there images though? There were images. There were. Yeah. You were fortunate. I've been shooting like a madman, color infrared and black and white infrared, and I I just read, take the tools, and get the stuff done. Technically, I have no idea what's going on, which is why I'm turning the reins over to you guys. Mm. Technically speaking, what is oh. what is infrared film, Matt? All right, so infrared film is it's a black and white film. It's typically well there's there's black and white and color. I'm I do most of the black and white stuff as far as IR is, but it, what it can do is it can see a color spectrum outside. It can see a little deeper into the reds right. than our human eyes can. And when you filter away most of the the visible light spectrum, you get these really kind of cool, insane, contrasty results. 
your your blue skies will go a deep almost black color the water goes jet black uh, right. portraits get kind of creepy <laughs> mm. oh yeah. portraits are amazing <laughs> right yeah this is just black and white we're talking this is the black and white side of it I, eyes glow i don't yeah. mean glow but it's like you can see into yeah. them. oh you can yeah. yes now you and i shot in the park four by five i yes. shot the infrared you told me how to shoot it you know what, what you said like i don't know 5.6 at uh this what? is in full daylight yeah yeah, I went by Leslie's recommendation. My recommendation would have been F sixteen. F sixteen. Yep. Yes. Now, I've, now for those <laughs> who are listening, uh, infrared color or black and white are not currently made, but you can get it on eBay and color. You can get in the FPP store, so mm-hmm. you can shoot this awesome film. And if you read online, there's an m- amazing amount of stuff online about it. Different schools of thought. Some just give you, oh, full daylight, shoot it at this f stop, this shutter speed. Yeah. Other folks say, well, it's 400 speed, just meter, taking consideration what filter you're using, which brings us up to a film. Filter, you said, hey, what is it, Ratten 25 or Kodak 25? Like uh, red, 25A. Deep 25A. red filter. Yep. There are other folks, like the our good friend Mark Dalzell. He's like, oh, what are we talking about? You're not getting the full spectrum. You need a... R72? Um, now, there are different kinds of filters. There's the standard kind that have like the R72, the mm-hmm. 90, the 89B, things like that. And then there are the ones that like you have right there. That IR72. That, 72. Oh, oh, so it's an R72 filter. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. standard, pretty pretty fast. Ah, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. I switched to R72 filter. You, How many stops is that? You can't even uh, see through it's, this. It's somewhere between like eight and ten stops. Holy. It's, I mean, it takes most of visible light away. Don't hold it to your eye and look it up Look up at the sun. You'll do yeah. some damage. But It'll you can't. burn your it, no, yeah, it right. takes time for your eye to adjust and be able to see the outside world with it. But hey, look at this, John. So even with this crazy thick, I can't even see you. No, oh, I can see. You. I can see the top of your head. Even yeah. with this very thick filter, which cuts down on you said eight to ten stops. Yeah, it's going to cut most a of the visible, uh, visible, visible light. Visible oh. light. Yeah. So how, so how do you how do you how do you meter for this? Oh, wait a minute. We're talking about black and white infrared. I use the red filter. It is a little mind boggling. Like, and the results are pretty darn good with the red filter. They're amazing. Why yeah, do I need the IRS seventy two? Well, Using the R72 filter is going to cut, uh, like Leslie was talking about, most of the visible spectrum. And in doing so, you're getting only the good stuff, only mm-hmm. IR. So you won't, you might not even have tone in your water and skies of doing a landscape. Um, there's just no, yeah, there's no visible light that's kind of hitting the film. So it's only the infrared spectrum. But really, anymore, there's no reason to really go past an R72 filter because the infrared films that exist today, an R72 filter will be anything over that is overkill hmm. because the old infrared films used to see far into the infrared spectrum uh 900 nanometers thousand nanometers so nano nano uh okay so there are choices i could either use a deep red Mm -hmm. or use this the deep red filter is i don't know i'm guessing three stops maybe pretty close two and a half three stops but this it's like eight ten stops most of your infrared films will have a data sheet that come with it, and they'll say, if you're using this filter, compensate oh, really? X number of stops. And every film is going to be a little bit different. You always, you shouldn't always trust your meter because your meter doesn't have an infrared filter yeah, right. on it. It's your, right. your meter's for ambient light. It's not for infrared spectrum of light. You ha- uh, back in the day, for the guys that were really hardcore about it, they would have a specialty meter that was modified and had one of those filters oh. over the sensor so you, could, so you could get your reading and go. Project Holy smokes. Yeah. Now, so you'd have to... It. Before using this IR72, you'd have to compose your shot, then put the filter on because you can't mm-hmm. see yeah. through this. It's yeah. it's a little it's a little daunting. When I went down to Savannah last year, I was hauling the scenar around and I would compose, stop it down. I would sometimes you can get away with metering through the filter if it's really bright. Oh yeah, it's falling on me. Um, so I would compose, meter it, make sure everything was good on the shot, 
then put the filter over and take the exposure. So, you know, not yet another thing that can go wrong. And, and of course, we never really know how much infrared's getting through to us every day. That's true. There that are... varies, oh, too, constantly. Yeah. So that's part of the joy and the fun of infrared. You just don't know what you're going to get till you get it. It's sort of like, uh, you know, when I was at Comcast. Like, it was like a cable outage. Just the old tech guys coming in. They came in. I'm like, guys, what's going on? Sunspots. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Spots, like, yeah. Like, Radiation. all this stuff going on in space. Like Solar effects. activity. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, Leslie, if someone shoots black and white, infrared, and it's really green, what is it going to look like? It's really green. Using which filter? <clears throat> if you're using deep red filter... And you're shooting a forest. Yeah. Typically, they go white. Incredible. Yes. Beautifully incredible. Surreal. Surreal. Amazing. You know him? Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) Now, if you use this crazy (laughs) IR-72, do you see see a noticeable difference? Between the 25 and and the R-72, there's a, a... big difference there is is, yeah there are but there are some films however that they're not dedicated uh, infrared films there's the ilford sfx film Mm -hmm. and that's like a faux infrared film and faux film yeah (laughs) anything anything over the 25a on that film is overkill because you're just adding time to your exposure and it's not going to change the look much right of course you can kick it up a little bit with the 25a and a polarizer you sure can and that, then the skies just can be amazingly black. Yeah, jet black. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Really? And a polarizer rotates, correct? Yes. Yeah, so you rotate so it until it's... So thing has to be done in its, in its right. time frame, and now, finally you get a shoot. Now, in Florida, I loaded black and white a Kodak HIE, it's mm-hmm. high-speed black and white infrared, into my Olympus Trip 35. Yes. <laughs> no and kidding. Yeah, and wow. I screwed a red filter on it, yes. which is over the light meter, mm-hmm. so you could, since it's an auto... That. Mike getting all smart. Yeah. And I love that Trip 35. I love it. And I thought, wow, isn't this great? Because I was down there primarily to shoot color infrared. But I had it in my mm. bag, so easy to use, so easy to focus. Hmm. And I got some really, really awesome results. So I think people out there listening, you don't need super fancy camera. No. You could, I mean, you, if you just meter it properly or making sure that the red filter, if you're using red, covers the indicator for your internal meter, you could shoot just about any camera. Uh, well, except for a camera that reads, that yeah. re- reads DX, DX coding. Sure. Yep. What's and that all about? And you want to make sure, too, that your camera, if it has a film window on the door, right. tape. black tape. I've gone so far as I've taken the pressure plate out of my infrared dedicated camera. But this is what you were talking about. I'm taking mine and being modifying it. I was going to say a little anal about it, but yeah. most of them have dimples on the pressure plate. Right. What's that going to do? Well, in open sky, you'll see the reflections back because there's It'll, no there's anti-halation. No. Yep. On the back. So open sky, you can see that your little dimples on the back. So I replaced my Nikon with an old smooth back Mm -hmm. pressure plate to avoid that. But you can also, a little couple rolls of electrical tape over that will take care of it too. But you do want to definitely tape, put some uh, tape over your yeah. film uh, window, reminder window. So, so, so a- any camera, but make sure it's not a camera that reads DX code, because apparently there's some lighting. What goes on there? Well, a sensor. If it if it is DX coded, it's going to kick in for whatever's on the can. But uh, it's my understanding it's that the DX in, in the, the DX sensor is going to fog your film. And I've seen guys and gals on the web ah. with a huge streak that was either done in camera or at the lab because mm-hmm. I was going to send the film. To but it's not a an elect. It's just a metal contact. I wonder if they have some quartz can- date back on it, which is the problem. That might quartz that might date do it. would fog. Apparently, some of these Ooh. Canon EOS cameras have some kind of light in there. That EOS. 
<laughs> and also, when I sent the film to the darkroom, I talked to Phil. I'm like, hey, it's infrared. He's like, oh, I'm glad you told me because we can't run it through standard e- for the, the color. The normal process. The normal yeah. process because in the normal process, there are little indicator lights. Yep. That don't affect regular film, mm-hmm. but are picked oh, up by infrared. So you'll that. get yeah. A lot of the time in those machines, there'll be a little infrared light source that will be shining over, so you can repair mm-hmm. right. film strands. Mm-mm. Color infrared. Cur- currently, we have in the FPP shop uh, high speed color. I'm guessing it's Kodak Aerochrome, which is also 400 speed. It's color infrared film, and you could use a yellow filter, uh, orange filter, or red filter. I prefer the yellow myself. Yellow. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone has their own preference. You like yellow, yeah. I do. And I took out, I took my Canon T60 cameras oh. with a uh, my uh, 19 to 35 millimeter lenses uh, with a nice screw-on 77 millimeter yellow filter over the lens. Yellow. And I went to town in Florida, and Tracky was more than happy. I mean, he was dragging me here. He was dragging me there. <laughs> We've got to start at this park, that park. Got to go here. Want some go. palm trees? <laughs> exactly. Should go to the ballpark? And then when we went to Safety Harbor, he's like, now we're going to Safety Harbor. Oh. Who's Dane Johnson? Hello. Hey, Dane. Oh, track you. Oh, safety dance. So I'm tracking where we're going. He was so I had my T60 loaded with color infrared film, FPP Infrachrome, which I think is Kodak Aerochrome, that I think that some company, like how, why? Because I've been getting emails. Mm-hmm. Like how, why, where, why? Yeah, because they want it. People are crazy about <laughs> yep, it. they are. Oh, they are. That stuff is, that stuff is about pricey. Here's what happened. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm <laughs> guessing. Some company somewhere along the line ordered a bunch of special order film from Kodak. Mm-hmm. They bought it, didn't use it, and then gets tossed or thrown to somebody else, mm. gets put in a warehouse, mm. and then gets bought up by somebody else. Gets put on a shelf. Years and years later. Yeah. Well, yeah. probably not too long because the stuff works. Yes. Yeah. And is infrared. Is life on that? Yeah. Infrared is, sure. is really, it's especially the high speed, that's some of the first film to die. Yes. Oh, really? Um, in, well, it just, yeah. it just goes. Yeah. And you know when it looks awful because it just, a lot of it is because infrared is, is always radiating anywhere and background radiation will fog the film very, very heavily. Mm. Um, I'm kind of on a time constraint. I have 50 sheets left. Sheets? Of the uh, the FG 8x10 film. So if I don't shoot that in the next year, it's just, it's going to be completely useless. For real? Yeah. 50 sheets? Why, 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 yeah. why, why, why? Oh, just because it, it, it's already, <laughs> that film was already from 2007. Oh, please. So it's fine. It's fine. I still worry about stuff it. Stuff I sent Mike was 1998. <laughs> I mean, wow, really? <laughs> hey! 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 The party is starting. We're all, we're wrapping up a show. What yes. show? Oh, okay. Do what you got to uh, do. Yeah, I'm just gonna go wash up and that kind of thing. 
good. I the have sodas eat. in the fridge. He's going to go take a bath <laughs> in the sink. Got everything. I got a, a few final questions on your film. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so. The, all this film existed. Some, somebody got in, in touch with me. I bought it. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. Oh, my God. It's Mark Dalzell. Oh, the gang's all here. He's lost, too. Hello? Hey, what's up? He can't park either. Come on by. Okay. All right, so color infrared, mm-hmm. a bunch. I have it. I didn't know anything about it. How many I, pallets you got? Lots. Yeah. Uh, endless, probably. As, as many as debonairs. But people, really? yeah, yeah. People wow. going crazy, crazy for it. Oh yes. <laughs> like just like nuts. Like swear. Like like like. <laughs> crazy for it. And I had never shot it. And I didn't understand it or know what it was about. And just like, you know, when you handed it to me, I just, I'm like, eh, 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 who cares? So now you're infected. I, you know, first of all, I take the reels. I go into complete darkness. Mm-hmm. I, I cut the big reels down to 100-foot reels. Then in complete darkness, I put it in the, what do you call it, the Boba fix? Boba link. <laughs> the Boba link. And then, then, because Boba it's fat. infrared, I pre-label all the canisters first. I pre-label all the black cans first. Have it all laid out. And then in very dim light, I load it. Immediately put it in the black can, seal it. And then I'm ready to send out to whoever wants it. It's in the FPP store for those listening. But this is a discovery. I'm not the first to discover this. There's a gent on eBay. Yes, yeah, for a lot. He was the last king, king of Infrachrome. He was the guy, only guy that had he was, it. He was the guy. Yeah. Hey, Dane. So he was uh, he was putting whatever price he he wanted on it, and it was well, a lot. He could get yeah. it. Uh, I've seen infra- infrared film color go up to like ninety five dollars a roll. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. The, se- yes. the second the second yes. it was discontinued, it was forty five dollars a roll yeah. overnight. Uh, we're selling twenty four exposure rolls for twenty four ninety five. Mm. Color right. infrared that's that I great. tested, and that's what I went to Florida for. And I was using yellow filter. Yellow. And the results and have been really good. Your results have been fantastic. Yeah. But you can have this process C forty one or E six. E six. I have uh, not done the cross processing yet. C forty one. Which which did you do yours at? E six. And you shot it at what? Uh, 400. ASA, ISO. 400, you know. 400. Filtering, you know. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the exposures have been pretty much right on. Yeah. For those who want to experience it, as I say often, now is the time. Yeah. You know, yes. while it's available, yeah. I don't know when it's going to end. Mm. I mean, the supply is just going to end, and it'll be as simple as that. And I spoke to our good pal, Keith Canham. Oh, what's Keith up to? I was to? like, Keith, I was nudging him. You know, I was like, oh, come on. What about this idea, you know, about, you know, infrared film Kodak? He's like, that ship has... Has uh, sailed. <laughs> he, said, that's a, he said, that ship has sailed, my friend. Wow. There's not going to be any more black and white or color infrared. So you want to know why that ship has sailed, Mike? No, please There's, there's a lot of folks on the APUG, APUG.org, Analog Photography User Group. They There was a gentleman there who wanted to make his own infrared gelatin dry plates. Okay. So he contacted the pe- the last people that Kodak was known to get their sensitizing. There's a special dye that makes everything infrared sensitive. That dye, uh, two ounces of it, so just, you know, little drips, yeah. is $12,000. Get the hell out of <laughs> That'll make a whole bunch of infrared film, but, I mean, that's that's insane. That's on top of the cost of film. It dies in two years. Yeah, huh? yeah. Well, why is it gone now when it was available throughout the 90s? Well, because they there was an interest in, there was a demand. in, in infrared film, yeah. Well, who was, shooting, Much bigger. who was shooting infrared film at the height? Like corporations? Um, oh. the, there were medical houses that were using sure. it, and then... Military. It, military. Military, yeah. And then there were just folks that were doing it. 
it kind of as a fine art project. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the gentleman's name. He was in the Congo and he was shooting Kodak Aerochrome in 120 and just has beautiful work from it. In the Congo. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine oh, being yeah. in the well, Congo well, shooting oh, infrared well, who's film? the gent who yeah, recently yeah. shot? He bought up all the yeah, uh, 16 millimeter uh, Kodak Aerochrome color infrared. Really? And he he went into the Congo yep. and shot like military groups. Yeah, it's crazy the cut, wow. the skin tones that you get on, on folks. It's yeah. Hey, Dalzell's coming down. I saw that. I just wow, so he's a drop. He's oh, a so drop. You by? can do your yeah, I can, yeah, exactly. So, Fantastic. Richard Moss. M O Moss Moss M O Richard Moss. Do you know the name of his project? There should be a dedicated website for it. Richard Moss went and shot a feet. You know, a a film, a movie. Using Kodak Aerochrome, which is basically the same film we so have the whole in 35mm. Movie is shot in this film. Yeah. Wow. Not just parts of it. The whole and the crazy thing is that we have enough Aerochrome in 35mm if we wanted to shoot a movie. In Lomo? <laughs> With the Lomo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. No, well, we could get a, an Aeroflex film camera. Mm-hmm. You got one, don't you? No, not, not 35. Oh. Although oh, we probably can get one pretty cheap. Yeah. And shoot our own infrared film. It would work in a Lomo Kino. Oh, sure. yeah, it would. It would. Does Men of Good Fortune sound like that's the... I don't know. It's a Richard Moss yeah. film. We'll have a this link. This is an interview. So, folks out there, what did I miss technically? And what is it about the orange, yellow, or red filter? It's filtering out blue? Yeah. UV. UV. So, the, the minimum you want to use is a yellow filter. Sometimes they call it a minus blue, and mm-hmm. that will cut most of your UV. Orange will cut way more, and then by the time it gets red, just nothing should be coming through. And, of course, foliage turns purple, which, of course, this year, uh, Lomography mm-hmm. introduced their uh, purple film which is a mimicking a mimicking of color infrared it's not mm-hmm. the same you don't yeah. need any filters yeah they're just using a dye layer mm. to yeah. give it that yeah. effect um, i do filter it but um you do filter the, the purple do. what do you filter it with orange i decided i like the orange the best is that right a little bit more I'm gonna and have to 200 that. speed so because it's one to 400 <laughs> That concludes our report on color infrared. I'm sure we'll discuss it more. Did I miss anything? <laughs> hey, Dane, did I miss anything? Oh, only that one spot. Uh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Let the viewers tell Check you. out the color infrared photography on our show notes. We're going to be back in two weeks with the whole gang. Two weeks, two weeks. We look forward to seeing you. And uh, let's go out with a cut from our good friend Darren Riley. Yeah. 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 Some Ballard. Yeah. We'll see you. Ballard it up, mother. Hurt up.
away Everybody knows 